everybody. I thought I had more time. It's Jasmine Ellis, and welcome to another episode of Rhythm and Bay Podcast. It's now a mukbang. I'm so sorry. This is peanut butter. I thought it would just go down so much faster. <laughs> I thought it would just be a smooth... Ah, welcome to another episode of Rhythm and Bay Podcast. I have got a fantastic guest here today. I'm super excited to have her with me. Um, I met this hilarious comic working in Austin, and now you can see her all over the world, whether it's in person on awesome shows or on her HBO Latino comedy special her Comedy Central comedy special and whatever other awesome, cool, fun projects she's working on. Give it up, everybody, for Vanessa Gonzalez. Hi. Hi. Thanks Hi. for having me. Thank you. Gotta you for get being the peanut here. butter down. It's still there. You you can can you still kind of hear it? I was <laughs> like, you need milk. You need milk. <laughs> oh my gosh. So how are you doing? How are things? I'm great. I'm great. I'm here in Austin, uh, back home with my boo and my bugs, my dog bugs. Um, yeah, it's been good. Chilling, trying to not get the the variant. <laughs> Gosh, it is. It is so troubling that we're, we're where we're at right now, isn't it? Like, is is it? Are you? Is it okay, or do you feel like a little stressful when you're like out and about? And I know Austin has more restrictions than the rest of Texas, so it's a little less. So, it, how do you feel like when you go out and about? Well, it's like I don't know. It, I was just talking about this with my therapist. I'm like, I want to like just have fun and enjoy my life, but it's just like this looming, like you know, like the boogeyman is out there still, and it just feels like I don't know what's up or down. I'm just trying to have fun, and it feels like we've suffered long enough. But some people just don't want to get vaccinated and we got to keep doing this so i don't know yes <laughs> i love that you meant, i love that you just casually mentioned therapy because i love that we're getting to a place where it's like comfortable to talk about like what do you think oh, of yeah. your therapist like would you hang out with her him or her uh her um i think i would i feel like i i got lucky in the the first one i just started in the pandemic i was i'm 35 and i i had never done therapy and then when the pandemic hit i was like well i guess i should because there's something else i just need something on my calendar i think it was something to look forward <laughs> some kind of meeting that i pay for so so I was like, yeah, let me do this. I like her. I think she's nice. I, I'm like, is therapy just like, telling, is everyone's therapist just like, yeah, all of your thoughts are valid. All of the mean shit you think about other people, fair. You know? <laughs> like, is I that what therapy is? <laughs> I think, you know what's funny is I feel like it's these pandemic therapists are much more like whatever you feel is great. Like they have this right. new like, cause when I, I was a kid, I was like a very emotional kid and had to go to therapy at like 13. Cause my parents are like, this isn't a normal amount of teenage crying. So, like, and so therapists Gotta back then would be like, your problem is you're an ungrateful little bitch. You know what I mean? I swear therapists were so much meaner in the 2000s. Really? Yes. <laughs> now they're just like, like, like some, you know, whatever you're feeling is important and you need to be yes. heard. Right. It's, it's, it, 
have you ever so this is your first therapist i take it you've never had yeah. a bad one you got you got lucky i am um, when i yeah. first moved to austin i was like the transition was really overwhelming for me and i was like getting regulated my meds and i had my i had a therapist there who was a training therapist and oh. god bless her heart yes <laughs> okay so you know what i'm about to say in training so, yeah she was in training and it was definitely like getting it's like when you go to the 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 new girl for a haircut and you're like oh never again so yeah. i get in there and they tell me that they can't take my insurance and she goes how are you feeling today i was like honestly i'm really stressed out money is a big trigger for me and you just told me this appointment that i thought was gonna be 75 dollars is 300 dollars. so i'm stressed oh, out right now shit. yeah she goes i feel really attacked right now I'm oh, feeling so. <laughs> no, not that she made it about her. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. And I immediately go into like, uh, like martyrdom mode, and I'm like apologizing and like this and that. And what? The other. Oh no. We get to like the ten minute. Like there's only ten minutes left in the appointment, and I go, I'm so sorry. I do need to ask you about refills on my meds. And she's like, Oh, Zoloft. My dog is on that, and then talks about her dog. For the rest of my 10 minutes. No. That was the most expensive waste of my time. Oh my, I feel like you were helping her out more than anything. Yes. Oh I honestly, you apologized to her. <laughs> Made her day better. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And that's why I'm like, yeah, I, I feel like, yeah, maybe I got lucky with the pandemic therapist because everything I say is great and right. <laughs> <laughs> Which I know is not true, but it's nice to hear. <laughs> I can't wait till you turn it around on her and you're like, why do you feel the need to agree with everything others say? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I need to, I really need to like poke at her some more, probably. <laughs> So Vanessa, you're born and raised Texan and, uh, right. Like born, raised, where exactly, where did you, where were you born? where did you come up in Texas? Yeah. I'm from Laredo, uh, on the border nine, five, six. Um, and I was born and raised there, um, all my life. And then I went to college at Texas state in San Marcos. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I moved out of Laredo when I was 19, 20. And then from San Marcos, when I graduated uh, in theater, I was like, well, I can't do anything with this degree. Um, so <laughs> I'll just move to Austin. And, and I moved to Austin around two, 2008. And I just immediately jumped into doing improv sketch and jumped into the comedy scene from there. So I, I ask you about being a Texan and being from Texas because I specifically, so what I've been doing, I don't know if you listen to the podcast yet, but we have different form, we have different segments. And the first segment is called Off the Record. This is where we get into the deep dive music history stuff. And some of my favorite stuff to talk about is like um, conflicts in the industry, whether it's been like, like fun fact, did you know Little Richard made 50 cents off of, of Tutti Frutti, the song? What? Yes, he was trapped total? in a horrible total. Uh, to he, he had to fight um, 40 years after it was released. He had to fight for more record like rights on it. He was trapped in this horrible deal where he got like a, a tenth of a penny for every sale of a record. And it was like a 50 cent deal that like, so it was a horrible, horrible deal. I love stuff like that. I think that's so interesting. Um, paternity yeah. scandals, all of that's fascinating. But I talked to the, the unwashed masses and uh, people like murder. Did you know that? Yeah. <laughs> yes. 
I mean, I love murder. <laughs> you do? Why? What is it about murder well, not, that is so fun for people? I don't like. <laughs> I don't, I don't like to murder. I, let me clarify. I don't um, like it in that sense, but like stories, I'm, I'm all about like murder shows, crime shows. It's just like fascinating. I don't know why we're like drawn to that, that those types of stories. I find myself like, uh, oh, like podcasts or like true crime stuff. I'm like, oh, let me listen to this and get so scared that <laughs> that I, I'm scared to like walk to my car. But I'm like, I keep doing it to myself. I don't know. I think I, I'm like, I need to know what what people are really doing out there. So then I'm more vigilant or something. <laughs> I I really admire that because for me I'm just always so scared I don't I don't like I'm like oh no I'm always thinking of way like I once told my friend that I don't ever walk with more than I can run with and she told me that was the most insane thing she'd ever heard why would you have a, if you can't if you don't like sometimes I'll have my purse on me and go I don't think I can run with this and so I yes. <laughs> I'll take something out of it I like that mentality. I think that's good. I, I, I always, I'm like, if I'm going from show to show or if I'm like, you know, traveling, I'm always like ready to run or I have something in my hand to hit somebody with. You gotta be ready, I think. <laughs> okay, so you 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 believe in the like the the self preservation mode. I get that. Yeah. So mm -hmm. after doing some investigation, realizing how much people love murder, I've decided for the rest of the summer, which is winding down. You're actually on one of our last episodes. We're doing our. Uh, behind the music segment, if you will, um, we're off the record segment is going to be focused on famous murders in the music industry. And this week, I'm super excited to talk to a fellow Texan because you were alive when this happened. You knew who this artist were, I'm assuming. Um, I am yeah. talking about Selena, the oh wonderful, super talented Selena. So did you grow <laughs> up listening to her? Were you a fan? Oh, yeah. I mean, Selena was so a part of my childhood. I think uh, all of my friends that grew up in the border, yeah, I think even in Texas, like anywhere in Texas, like you have that like video of you singing Bidi Bidi Bam Bam when you were little. And I even remember the day she passed away. Um, I, I, my elementary school was close to my house and me and my two best friends, we would walk home. And I remember we were we had to have been like in, I want to say fourth or fifth grade, and we're walking home and we just see every car has Selena, we all always love you, dreaming of you. And we're we were so confused. I was like, is she here? Is she coming for a concert? Um, and so we were we were wondering what's up. And then I get home and I remember my grandma would always be there when I'd get home and she'd always be cooking. So the house was like full of smoke. And I just remember I, I opened the door and she just starts yelling, they killed her. They killed her oh, no. like, in Spanish. But she would always yell that because she would watch telenovelas and someone always died in that. So I thought she was talking about one of her shows like, oh, yeah, they killed her whatever i so it took me a while but then she had the news on like telemundo and i remember it was like yolanda in the truck and it was just like cameras on the truck waiting for yolanda to come out of there because she kind of like just stayed in there and everyone was like waiting for her to get out so we watched all night waiting for 
this bitch to get out of the car and we're like shoot her like just screaming at at the tv and we we couldn't believe that that selena had died that's it's so crazy too i've heard there's like talk about how um selena's killer believes that she deserves like another trial and i'm like oh girl you don't want out you don't people <laughs> right. oh trust there is trust. money on your head people stay in right. like, like oh my god yeah i'm i'm surprised she's like i'm like she has to be like isolated in prison right because they i'm sure they'd fuck her up there you too. think she wouldn't have made it this far but she's actually up right. for like release soon by the way so i take it as someone who was a fan of her music her life did you want have you watched the movies uh, the movie there's a movie oh, and a tv show i think there's two movies but yeah. there's actually the yeah. movie that came out in the like the 2000s or was it, it was mm-hmm. with um jennifer lopez Growing up, did you like that oh. film or no yeah honestly i thought it was great it's still one of my favorite movies i, I know when it came out it was like real fast it's like she died and then the next year they're like there's a movie and we're like damn she just died how are y'all doing this um Mm -hmm. and i remember they were like searching for like the selena all over texas my cousins were like i'm gonna go and we're like girl you don't look like selena don't don't even try it um but everyone (laughs) wanted to like be the selena and then when it was j-lo like people were upset because she's puerto rican and not from texas and uh, but i i think that in like the selena show ever like i don't think they've ever cast a real tex-mex tejana girl to be any like texan mexican character it's always cubans mm-hmm. puerto rican someone else so it there's like it doesn't really feel that authentic to me i guess because i'm from here Me- tex-mex Texan Mexican is so specific. It's so different than California Mexican. It's, you know, so it's like a, a certain vibe to me, but I'm, mm-hmm. you know, Hollywood's like, whatever, y'all are the same. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they do that with anybody. Like, I don't know. I think it's because whiteness is this like, this encompassing flatness, you know what I mean? Like around the turn of the, the yeah. century, they were like, we're all white. Italian, German, whatever, yeah. just be white. And so they kind of yeah. think that like non-white people see their ethnicity and heritage in the same light of like, it's all brown. And it's like, no, but you know what I mean? Like, like I mean, yeah. I think I saw something about there's a, there's a TV show with an Asian family and like the dad was Korean, the mom was Chinese, both the kids, two of the kids were Japanese. One was, um, one was Taiwan, you know, you know and it's yeah. Taiwanese. And it's like, they don't care casting wise. They're yeah. like, I don't know. I see, I see one thing, it all is the same. yeah they're like you guys can play whatever it's the same but um but yeah i think that's the only thing like watching as a kid and even as an adult that i'm like oh i wish they would just cast like you know we're here there's there's actresses here that want to like play these roles and stuff so um yeah i i watched the selena show and it's just not good (laughs) (laughs) it's so bad and and it's like i wanted to like it i'm like great you know this is cool but they had tyler perry quality wigs on that show i was (laughs) i know it was so (laughs) bad and the outfits too i was like is this selena in space what am i watching (laughs) she looked very like xenon from the 21st century yeah 
I mean, I did. I will say this though. Um, they, I will say this because I grew up. I like. I remember. I, I knew her music, and then you know, like I was only five or six years old, and then I like blinked, and she was gone. You know, like she yeah. had in the mainstream American discourse of music, she was just getting her feet wet, like just getting started, and then we were lost. Uh, we were robbed of her. So mm-hmm. I knew the movie, and I knew the, and I think they. <laughs> I'm sure this is J Lo doing, but they definitely <laughs> omitted Selena's bad perm years from the movie. So yes. <laughs> when I saw the TV show, I said, what in the world? But then I looked at it, I was like, oh, Selena did have some, cur- not these curls, but some oh, curls. No. <laughs> yeah. She went through some, you know, some hairdos, but yeah, the, I guess the budget was low <laughs> on the series. And then I was watching season two recently. Cause I was like, I guess I'll finish it. And they make a scene where Selena is in corpus and there's this little girl and the little girl wants to go up to selena and her mom says beyonce knows you better go tell her you could sing too <laughs> i died i was like no she, beyonce did not see selena in corpus she, okay so there is i have heard that sort of obsessed with beyonce but beyonce says that she was like literally it was like a walmart thing and she just she didn't get to speak to selena at all and she just like saw her in the crowd. That's it. So someone took yeah. this like segment of a story and was like, and from that day on, Beyonce yeah. knew that she could be a singer because Selena yeah. looked at her. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was like, no, no. They're giving it that like that Bible story, like the Jesus, yeah. if you can only touch the hem of Selena's right. garment. <laughs> I was like, uh, I think Beyonce is beyonce with or without selena (laughs) and i don't even think that there was a connection there but um it was so funny in the show they made it seem like oh because she was touched by selena (laughs) it was so absurd absurd. (laughs) i wish every famous texan could have been in a random scene like that like if we just have a young matthew mcconaughey all right all right selena Yes. Well, you know, when they make the story, the documentary or the the movie about me, I hope that in my movie, I meet Beyonce as a little girl and Beyonce, (laughs) Beyonce says, Vanessa, go get him or something. I love that. I love that. So we do a little bit of a history segment here. Here's a story I found today on Corpus Christi's news channel, which um, the Corpus Christi is a city with a lot of ties to Selena. So it's kind of interesting to read this up. But this is from September 19, 2019. Corpus Christi, Texas. What was it? She was a performer with a voice that could fill stadiums across the world. Someone with so much talent, she was the process of making a legendary crossover from Tejano to pop music. And she was only 23 years old when her life was tragically cut short. See, I didn't even realize she was so young. Like at this point, she's actually, um, she was, she's been gone longer than she was alive. Like that's crazy to me. I just, such a huge impact. It's so young. I know when I, when I, Mm -hmm. oh, sorry. No, you're fine. Oh, no, I was going to say, yeah, when I watch like her videos or her concerts now and, and just see how like, just how talented she was. It does. It, it is sad how young she was when she died. Yeah, it's crazy. 
So we're digging into this story. Like, let me, uh, where were we at? Da, 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 da. Now the late superstar Selena Quintela Perez, life and legacy are back in the headlines following a claim by her convicted killer, Yolanda Saldivar, that there is evidence that was never seen by the defense attorney. And because of that, they, they believe she deserves a new trial. So is there really a new evidence in the case that was not seen by her defense? And if so, would it support, would it support her claim that the shooting of Selena on, the day, on that day in 1995 was an accident? The prosecutor who successfully put Saldivar behind bars said it was just another ploy to get attention. He gave three news anchor Rudy Trevino an exclusive look at the evidence in question for the first time since Salvador's trial back in 1995. Carlos Valdez is a district court judge, and in 1995, he was the prosecutor in Selena's trial case. He showed three news the contents of more than 16 boxes of evidence from that case. Bullets and ammunition, Valdez says. All sort of evidence from transcripts to affidavits, stacks of files, Yolanda Salvador's purse and briefcase, a bunch of correspondence and files. Even Salvador's infamous cell phone is part of the cache of evidence. But in paperwork, demanding a new trial in May, there is one item the 58-year-old convicted murderer claims was not admitted into evidence during her trial. In fact, she claims the prosecution hid it from her defense. The evidence in question has been kept in a crumpled brown bag for years. The tennis shoes Selena was wearing the day she was shot. In her writ of habeas corpus, wow, these <laughs> y'all gonna be like, not an attorney, <laughs> fake ass wannabe researcher comedian. All right, all right, I have to turn off my internal uh, criticism, according to my therapist. <laughs> in in her writ of habeas corpus, Salvador claims now nowhere in slates. State's exhibit index were a pair of white high tops Reebok tennis shoes. However, Valdez quickly dispelled the claim by showing three news, one critical detail written on that brown paper bag. This says DT August 15, 1995. What that means is that Doug Tinker opened this and looked at the evidence that was in there. Mr. Tinker was the chief defense attorney in Yolanda Saldivar, so he had access to it. He had access to the evidence and he had access to the tennis shoes. Nobody was hiding them. They'd been in the clerk for the whole time. I'm so curious why she believes tennis shoes are proof she didn't kill this person on on purpose. So I'm like, yeah, what is that? <laughs> As you can yeah, see, what her shoes. Do? I don't understand. So I'm 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 I'm. I mean, Yolanda is really fighting that she's innocent and she shot her by accident. Oh but you don't really shoot people by accident. So mm. well, I'm not, I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I remember when it was a a few years after it happened they like got her 60 minute interview or something that we all watched and she didn't answer any questions they were like did you shoot selena and she's like i can't answer that words were y'all fighting i can't answer it so literally we're like this interview's lame because she didn't answer anything Mm -hmm. um and then i heard through like another interview that she was like, I was actually going to shoot myself and that Selena was good. That was stopping her from doing that. So that's why she accidentally shot Selena, but I don't buy that. Now I've heard some claims to support that. Now one crazy conspiracy theory, but let me know if you think this is too crazy because I've heard a lot of Selena fans don't trust her father and they feel that he exploited um, her a lot. How are, what are your thoughts on uh, on her father? Oh, yeah. I feel like the movie kind of, you know, I mean, he produced it. So I think he had control over how he was, like, perceived or, you know. Um, but I feel like, yeah, I think he wasn't nice. I think he... Uh, 
living in Texas, we've always seen headlines from the, this family. The dad was abusive, uh, controlled every part of Selena's life. And then even the brother too, like the brother was in and out of jail. And so like the movie and the TV show paint them as like this cookie cutter the, mm-hmm. the Mexican family, but I'm like, no, you're all are not. Y'all have been in the news like all my life by like fucking up. So I I feel like the truth about them is is not really out there because everything that comes out about Selena, the dad has control over. Mm. And I mean, it is super suspicious to make a movie like theoretically while she's still warm. Like it feels almost, you know what I mean? It feels, I mean, it did cement her legacy because for a lot of us who didn't know, I mean, Mm -hmm. we grew up on that movie. But, um, so one of the theories I've heard about this, and this is, tell me if you think this is the wildest thing you've ever heard. People believe that he framed, like he believed that Yolanda did kill Selena, but that he was, that he paid her to do it because (sighs) they needed to, Oh, no, 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 This is, I'm, I'm reading this wrong. Okay. The, I'm trying to, because there's like, <laughs> fun thing about conspiracy theorists, they're not great with grammar. So I am not going to like read this straight <laughs> off of the report. They're <laughs> going too here, fast. Yeah. We'd, we'd be here all day. But the belief yeah. here is that after embezzling lots of money and getting caught up with, um, with issues with taking money from the fan club, taking money from Selena's personal account, things were looking really, really bad. And a lot of people believe that Abraham was responsible for a lot of the financial indiscrepancies, but he was pinning them all on Yolanda and making it look like Yolanda was stealing. And that's what drove her to want to kill herself was because she was being incriminated for something she hadn't done. And they and they believe that either she wanted to kill herself and they wanted to kill Selena too, but it was because she was going to face long jail time because of embezzlement and stealing. But he she was, was responsible being, for like, gaslighted. Yeah, like she was being framed. So that is one of the things. So he's not like directly responsible. He didn't have her killed. However, he may have pushed her killer to the limit. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I don't know. I could see. I could see something like that. It's it's so wild though, just how like it's almost kind of like what's going on with Britney, how like this mm-hmm. young girl was like supporting her whole family and they're like, bitch, you gotta do this as it she had like no control. Um so yeah, I don't know. I've I've heard stories about the dad. I also heard that um that they're after Selena got shot that the the doctors could have saved her, but mm. because of the the family's religion, they didn't do the blood transfusion. So they because of their religion, so they they just I guess let her pass away. But I'm like I don't know. I think there was too much money at stake that they would not save her. I don't know. Mm. You yeah, know? that that seems crazy to me too. But then again, I guess if you I can't imagine being that religious. Like, I mean, I'm like, yeah, I believe God gave me talent and money. Um, so right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's so I've heard so many stories throughout the years. I've also heard that like her butt was fake, and that no. she that she had like a waist operation to make her waist small. There are all these tabloid type stories. 
That is interesting. I feel like uh, I feel like booty technology was not where it was at then. Like if if this if she was coming out now, I'd be like, that's a BBL. But like we just didn't have it back then. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I think it was natural. It looked natural. It doesn't look like, you know, she wasn't like Kardashian shaped by any means. She was like thick on the bottom. So I don't know. So taking it back to uh, just to wrap up what Yolanda's uh, evidence is, and by the way, it's not good. It didn't work out for in her favor. Saldivar said that after 23 years, Valdez presented the evidence to the public in Spanish media interviews. In her writ, Saldivar says the jury, not the defense on the prosecutor, is the trigger of fact and all relevant material evidence, and they alone should and did determine between conviction and acquittal. This is an exact quote. I do not know why these attorneys are talking this way but in doing say not all evidence was presented when it comes down to it the evidence wasn't presented but the evidence was not enough a pair of tennis shoes is not enough to say you did or didn't kill someone by accident Um, yeah she she could be thinking about expressing remorse and admitting that she was wrong and telling people trying to convince them that the time in prison has changed her for the better valdez says but instead she's just working on acquittal although there is a signed affidavit from yolanda saying that she killed selena so even though in her 60 minutes she didn't say it on camera yeah she she signed it herself and said that she did it i guess now she's trying to say the tennis shoe i don't know why that was brought up but in some way proves that she's isn't lying <laughs> so even the yeah. prosecutors who like agreed to do this interview were just like this doesn't prove anything it doesn't support anything but she's up for parole in five years from 2019 so that's what is that it's 2021 so three years from now wow yeah i mean it's hard to it's hard to say like what motivated all that stuff like maybe yolanda was just crazy maybe the dad but i mean for sure she shot her and like she was like uh kind of held herself hostage in that car crying all night and saying I killed my best friend so it's like we know you shot her but why and how it all kind of led there I think that could be anything really (laughs) it could be the legal difference between manslaughter versus murder which creates like different terms but obviously she's not serving uh, lifetime in murder so I mean I don't know I I've already closed the book on this one. But it is a, tra- a tragic ending to a fantastic life, a, a great singer. So real quick, uh, we always like to like kind of create a playlist to go with each episode. What's your favorite Selena song? Oh, gosh. My favorite Selena song has to be Techno Cumbia because mm. it's just fun and it's like cumbia, but also like club vibes. And she's like rapping in it. It's it's cool. I like it. <laughs> I like it too. It's a good song. Yeah. Mine yeah. is uh, is dreaming of you because it was my first slow dance. Oh, <laughs> we were like fifteen feet apart from each other. Yeah. Like very awkward. Yeah. A little, my I I distinctly remember how wet my hands felt. It was gross. Um, <laughs> sweating. Yeah. <laughs> But it, it puts so me funny. in a good headspace, and it was a very, very sweet song, and I am so glad I got Aww. to have that moment. So very nice. Yeah, that is real sweet. <laughs> so speaking of moments, our next section, we're going to talk about the songs that make you, you. So Vanessa, you have compiled a list for us today, right? Yes. And uh, it was hard. It was hard. There's so many, like, memorable songs. I think 
music has always like just gotten me through my whole life. <laughs> um, but my first first song that I remember just being obsessed with, um, it was actually the first like record my dad gave me. It was a mm -hmm. little like 40, 45 I would play on a little like play school record player. And it was the single of um, Tina Turner's What's Love Got to Do With It. And I just remember being like very young, very young and just in my room and belting that song. I would even like watch the video when it would come on and I would put like a, I didn't have like a jean jacket, but I would put my little windbreaker on and pretend <laughs> I was Tina Turner and just singing like, what's love got to do? got to do with it and the little flute that plays in it or whatever kind of instrument that that is i think I just, it's a harmonica solo i think that's harmonica some kind of pan flute i don't know but that was my jam and yeah i i want to say i was like in kindergarten maybe <laughs> <laughs> but that was like yeah my my soundtrack I love when small children take attachments <laughs> to very adult songs. Like, not like dirty songs, but just like, what have you been through? This is about a divorce. <laughs> I know. And I was like right there with Tina. I heard the song and I was like, I feel you. I know what you've been through. And I'm a child. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So you said you had a little record player. That's so that's funny yeah. too, because you know, like you'd think you'd have like a cassette or a um or a tape player, but you were like a record. You were already a vinyl snob at like <laughs> kindergarten. <laughs> yeah, well, it was because but that's what my dad gave. I know he was a, a vinyl snob, and I was like, I want one, and he gave me that one. And I was like, this is the jam. <laughs> I love Tina Turner. Fun fact, she's yeah. not a Texan, but she does have a connection to Texas because she left, I believe, I, I believe it was um, Houston. She left Ike in Houston. They got in a fight and she finally decided this is enough. And she ran across the street into a Ramada Inn. I know this because I've seen the movie a million times. And she said, that was in name. Houston. I think that was in Houston. <laughs> My name is Tina Turner. I have no money. <laughs> And I remember this Angela Bassett played the fuck out of that role. It was so yes. important to me. And oh. she she left Ike and she she swore up and down that she would um she would uh she would pay the hotel back if they put her up for the night. And she she kept her word and she never they never got back together. And then she like finally sued to get the rights to her names and her own music. And she like so it was the catalyst because something about Houston oh. just makes you a bad bitch. You know what I mean? Like you walk in there it's and you're true. like, <laughs> and you're ready to go. I'm I'm gonna make sure I didn't say this wrong because I don't want to get like hate letters. Yeah. Dallas. Okay, it was it was Dallas oh. and it was at the Statler Hotel. Oh shit! Well, still Texas, so still Texas and. <laughs> Something about Dallas just makes you better. <laughs> it's true. Any city in Texas, really. <laughs> oh, wow. I, okay, first of all, also fun fact that happened on July 4th. So if you are someone who like doesn't feel too enthused about the U.S. some days, you know, we're a country with a very sordid past, you can celebrate Tina Turner's Independence Day on July 4th, 1976. <gasps> At the so that actually is the centennial at the at the bicentennial. Tina Turner oh, left really? her abusive husband. 
my husband at the downtown Dallas Statler Hotel and found refuge at the Lorenzo Hotel across the highway. Okay, in the movie, it was a Ramada Inn. So I... <laughs> This this is why you can't trust movie tellings and you have to do your own um, research. You know, if we trust the change it all up. I would oh, think yeah. Abraham was a saint, like and no. I would think the Ramada yeah. is where you go as a battered woman. Like I would be so confused. Yeah. yeah. I know that scene in Selena where, you know, she the the whole dress and like the the lady at the store is like, you can't afford these dresses. That was just from Pretty Woman. I don't think <laughs> they were just like, let's steal that scene from Pretty Woman and put it in here. <laughs> Does JLo come back and go, big mistake, huge? Yeah. <laughs> I think she just says, we don't need the dress as so she signs autographs. Ooh. <laughs> and like everyone, her. yeah, everyone in that San Antonio mall or wherever they were, they're like, it's Selena, it's Selena. <laughs> what's going to be your biggest flex like when's your like how are you going to know you've made it you know what i mean like what's going to be your moment where you're like keep the change you know like what's going to be what's going to be your fuck you i got money moment oh my gosh i i've said it's funny i've always joked since i was little uh with me and my friends that i'm gonna get so rich one day i'm gonna say we're all going on a trip. Don't pack because you don't need a pack. That's how rich I am. We're just going to buy new shit where we go. <laughs> so, and my friends to this day, they're like, we're going on a trip. Do we pack? I'm like, yeah, pack. You definitely pack. <laughs> I don't have money just yet, but when I do, don't pack. Nobody's packing shit. We're just going. You know what I love is plus size girl to plus size girl. Like we can say that, but we still be like, is there a torrent though? Like I don't. Yeah. <laughs> is this a dealer's with two floors or three? Because if there's three, I'm good. Right. But if there's just two, they don't I'm have that third pack. floor. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I have so much to pack. <laughs> Oh, oh my god uh so fantastic first song kicking it off a yeah. great just an anthem for you know a hard-working five-year-old who yes <laughs> you know was having a hard time <laughs> um but yeah so number two on my list mm -hmm. uh I'm a, I'm a little older now and um I loved Crete by TLC and I loved this video so much so that I got my hair cut like T-Boz. Yes. Timeline wise, you're no older than 10 years old and you have a set, you have a black secretary haircut. <laughs> well, it wasn't like the whole, it wasn't exactly T-Boz because my mom was like, no, you're not doing that. Well, so what happened was I, I love this song. I loved TLC. I, I used to watch it all the time on MTV. And then my mom took me to get my hair cut before we, I was starting school. I want to say, oh, I don't even know in grade, but I was going to start school. So she's like, it was like a super cuts or something in the mall. And she's like, stay here, get your hair cut. I'm going to go shopping when you can leave your kids in the mall with a stranger. Um, Good old days. 
for yeah. the amber bitch got snapped <laughs> yeah. yeah and so the lady was like well what do you want and i remember there was like a picture of a woman with like kind of like a mushroom cut like t-boss and i was like i want like that but i want two strips right here and the lady was like what <laughs> like she didn't she didn't know she didn't know what i was talking about she didn't know who t-boss was and i was like i want that haircut but with two strips like that and she was like okay so she just gave me a mushroom cut no no strips up in the front so i just look like a boy <laughs> <laughs> And it was oh. not cute. I, I I think I've like th- throwback Thursday it once I put like my haircut next to T Boz and it was not <laughs> even the same. Please tell me that's on your Instagram because that's how we're promoting this episode. Yeah. That is going in I'll the promo. I'll send it to you. As I'll a true R- you. <laughs> you know you're an R and B fan when you've got at least one singer motivated haircut. For me for for me it was uh early it was 2008 i was about to start college and i was like let's do this rihanna good girl gone bad she chopped it all off she's got this dark angled bob i want it you know my dad was like you have curly hair you're not gonna i'm like i'm gonna straighten every day you know thinking i'm gonna straighten every day i'm not and i i asked my father used to cut hair and he was a professional stylist like he owned two salons he used he he loves to tell people that he permed james brown once that is like an important wow that's amazing (laughs) yes and it's true it's true so my dad's like i'll cut it for you and he goes i just thought that was two shorts i gave you what i like to call a two-in-one it gives you short in the front and then long in the back you get some versatility i see you doing math right (laughs) now what what else is short in the front and long in the back a bullet. Yes, my father gave me a fucking bullet. Oh. My father gave me a bullet, oh, and no. I, I tried to make it work and like make it cool and edgy. But I was like, I can't. And I don't know. Maybe like today it would have been like an edgy bullet. I couldn't do it. I was like, I hate this. So I went oh. to a supercuts. The only other time yeah. I went to supercuts, and I was like, just even this out and make it a bob. And. I should have known I was not in good hands because the stylist just kept talking about his biracial niece. And when a white person unprompted <laughs> mentions their biracial, oh no! <laughs> and it was just like this uneven. Just I was I went to college with a flat like a, a straight up Dora the Explorer cut and started my freshman year, my first chance to be independent in the world, and I had the worst haircut oh. of my entire life. <laughs> Oh no! I bet it was like Selena. <laughs> yeah, that's what, I look like Selena. A curve. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was all curly. It was. Oh my god! Horrible. And I've never let my hair be shorter than shoulder length since then, because it was. <laughs> it was so scarring for me. Oh, oh gosh! Yeah, it, I I I know. Like when we didn't know what looked good on us, or like what kind of hair looks good we're always just like yeah no i i can do that and it's like no <laughs> curly bangs aren't a thing <laughs> yeah they, they can't maybe i don't know if you're that girl from russian doll on netflix natasha oh, Leon, she like, she pulls that off. Yeah. but she i think okay this is one thing i learned working on sets too like most of the time when you see someone with just perfect curls and it looks just right they're taking a curling iron the size of my pinky and uh. doing <laughs> I do it. It's a cheat. 
So all of these, like your real hair is not just gonna like you have wavy, like thick hair too. So I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sure it looked terrible. And no offense, but I. <laughs> oh, it was awful, and yeah my mom got back and she got so mad at me she was like what is this and the lady was like that's what she wanted and i was like it's i wanted to be t-boss it was like a traumatic day but i went home and i was like trying to make myself feel better by listening to creep and it just, it <laughs> I like how you lightly did the choreo just to uh, mm-hmm. just keep it on the download. Yeah. You make me want to get uh, some satin pajamas and, and stand in front of a fan right now. That's all I've ever wanted to do. <laughs> yes. Um, well, Finish. next on the list, mm-hmm. I have... Um, in, now I'm like in high school and I was obsessed with Backstreet Boys. Like those were all my baby daddies. And I loved I'll Never Break Your Heart. Um, I would listen to it every morning, like before school. It's like a slow jam. It's not even like a happy. Pa- I was just like, I'll never break your heart every morning <laughs> you had a very sensual childhood like this yes, like dancing alone <laughs> i know for real i always had this fantasy of like you know I, i'm gonna get a man nobody i didn't have a boyfriend till i was 30 so i was but i was always ready <laughs> but when, if you stay ready you don't have to be you don't have to get ready <laughs> yeah. okay but yeah i loved i'll never break your heart and specifically i'll never break your heart in spanish i didn't know they did a spanish version they did a spanish cut and i was like i i've tell my boyfriend now i'm like if you learn this song and sing it to me i'm yours forever and ever (laughs) i really hope that on your wedding day he's like hold up Hold up, oh everybody! My and then the pat the pastor hands in the microphone. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and whatever it is, instead. Oh. <laughs> oh my god! I and I even said I was like, or if you want to just hire the Backstreet Boys to sing this to me in Spanish, I will die. I will die. No. No, that's <laughs> yeah. a money flex. Yeah, that. Tell your friends pack your bags because I got the Backstreet Boys. I had to choose. <laughs> we, we have to pack. Yeah. You hoes can buy your own three for ten shirts at <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I did not even know they did a Spanish album. I, I'm very curious because like AJ, I'm assuming is Latino. I've never actually looked into his ethnicity, but he's just yeah. <laughs> giving me the vibes. I don't know if I'm right yes. or wrong, right? Is he? Oh, I think that's why he was my favorite because he had like the most Cholo vibes of them all. So it, yeah, I the, think so. The delicate, <laughs> tiny beard, the little oh, wisp. So the thinnest beard uh, on the planet. <laughs> you know i feel like it would have been less time consuming to draw his beard on than to actually like shave you know what i mean like getting the hair both sides absolutely absolutely so aj was your favorite then um yeah how does, i gotta know how nick sounds in spanish like i just oh yeah it's funny because like they're all i think besides aj and howie they're all from like 
Alabama, Louisiana. I don't know. <laughs> so like, <laughs> it was a stretch, but they did it. I was like, I don't know. It may, it may not be them. <laughs> it may be an actual uh, mini Millie Vanilli. Sing along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Translate. I'll never break your heart to me in Spanish. What would that be? I forgot how it goes, but I think it was like nunca te quebré el corazón. Nunca te quebré el corazón. Yeah, nunca te. Yeah, and it's like I'll never do you wrong. Is like a nunca te hecho mal, and it's just like no way, no how, and that they would be like no, oh no, no. <laughs> I'm just imagining because, like, okay, because like Nick Nick Carter was the king of the like 2000s ow, ow, type of voice. Yeah. Where it's like, so like, like just, yeah, yeah, it's exactly that. I think, yeah, you gotta you gotta listen to it. Yeah, awesome. and they they even did the video too, so they had to lip sync to it. <laughs> You put me, I didn't, you know what, maybe that's what, okay, so I have been on almost like a four week long fight to be pro in sync versus, and every female guest I've had on here was a Backstreet Boys fan. Really? I don't know know what it is. (laughs) You, Rachel Hall, Crystal Adams, Backstreet, Backstreet, Backstreet. Actually, Crystal is a new Kids on the Block fan, um, but she also preferred Backstreet, I believe, when I asked her. But I was an insane person, and I just, you know, but I looked it up, and I was like, you guys win, because Backstreet was, they sold more records, and I think part of it might have been releasing a Spanish record that's like, I didn't even know they did that. Whole nother demographic. I think it's also, I think, uh, an age thing i think if you're a little younger you were in sync but i think um the ogs like bsb so you're exactly right a completely new demographic that was available to them there's a lot of pop artists who have made spanish music is there anyone you would say like shouldn't have done it and then they could have just skipped that phase oh i mean i don't think any of them should have done it but but i get why i get why and i think it was also like you know ricky martin's coming up and like the whole latin invasion so they were like oh we need to everyone was like well we need to sing in spanish too um so yeah it was like a popular thing i don't think they do it as much now but maybe Yeah, I feel like it's been a while. The last big star I remember doing a Latin, like a Spanish crossover was Beyonce. And I don't know if it was necessarily bad or good. There was like one interview where she she was like, I wish I was Latina. And then people were like, why the fuck would you say that shit? And then then she was like, and then she never said it again. And then it was like, black is king. You know what I mean? And we never heard that again. It was like, stay in your lane right now. Well, like we'll take like, that. I've never Sel- I met Selena <laughs> when I was little. <laughs> That's probably how that came out. It was probably the yeah. same interview when she was promoting her Spanish slave mountain. She's like, "Did right. you know Selena blessed yeah. me once?" <laughs> I get it. If she was promoting a Spanish album, I'm like, okay, but she went a little too far. But it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it, the early 2000s were an interesting time because you, you couldn't like you know what i mean like people didn't know the right wording to say i really enjoy oh. that culture they're like i wish i was that for, yeah. for a day you know? yeah yeah 
<laughs> yeah, I think there's probably clips of every celebrity saying something they shouldn't have <laughs> from that era, from the two early 2000s. <laughs> For sure, for sure, for sure. Oh my so gosh. take me to your number two track. Uh, okay, I think we're on number four. Okay, we're on number four now. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> so I think I was going four. um ascending. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, so the next one is um when I am in Austin, I was doing comedy here. I was doing uh, my one woman shows and I had this sketch that was uh, to Pitbull's Fireball. And it was one of my favorite sketches to do uh, where I played like this kind of like cholo guy in the club talking about why he's not calling this girl back, um, but how he like really wants to. But it's just that like inconvenient things keep happening that he really can't call her back um but now ever since um i listen to fireball before any like big show i have and it just like gets me in the zone um because it's just so fun and like it's just like a, a good dance number so before any show guaranteed i'm listening to pitbull's fireball <laughs> I, this is my favorite question for comics to answer because I love hearing our pump up music and knowing that yours is is such a cheesy, just a cheesy. <laughs> so dumb. It's, it's so dumb. dumb. But it's like, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that the, 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 the yeah, fireball? Don't stop the party. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> First of all, genius marketing from Pitbull because Fireball is like the liquor we're drinking at this point. Do you have oh, any yeah. Fireball liquor stories? Oh, I mean, I think I only tried it the one time because it's awful. <laughs> and it was, yeah, I, I mean, for me, it's like spice whiskey and any type of shot is like hard. I don't care for it. But when I took that fireball shot, I was like, Bleh! like, I think fire does come out of your mouth. Um, so don't like the liquor, just the song. And I'm, yeah, I, I listened to it when I was in LA doing shows. I had to pump myself up. <laughs> First of all, true growth is realizing that your alcohol doesn't have to assault you. It doesn't. It doesn't have to be <laughs> <Thank> a fight. <laughs> yeah, why am I fighting with it? <laughs> so it's a good, it's a good pump up song. It gets you in the headspace. By the way, your one woman show sounds so cool. What was it? Uh, what was it about? Was it just like lots of different characters? What were you doing with it? Yeah, it was. Uh, so I did. Uh, I did a couple. The first one I did was called I Don't Know Words, and it was just um, solo sketches of different characters. Uh, and then the second one was called I Don't Know Dating, and it was all like dating themed sketches with, with different characters. So that was like my opening sketch of like, I'm this guy, and I'm talking about how I really like Vanessa but I haven't called her back because, you know, I dropped my phone in a bunch of puddles and like I wanted to or, you know, so it's just like these va like kind of the excuses that our girlfriends tell us like, no, he's probably busy or, you know, he's a rather than like he's just not calling me back. Um, <laughs> so I, I kind of just like made that a, a real a real thing. And yeah, I, I definitely want to play around with doing solo sketches again. It was so fun. 
it's so creative and it takes it takes like a whole different muscle from stand-up too and there's i think there's definitely like space for it that's so exciting that you do different characters and stuff yeah Uh, so besides the pitbull fireball song what else is on your like i'm getting ready for a show song unless it's your next one but like besides that what's another song that like gets you in the headspace Oh, um, probably um, Kanye's All of the Lights, just that the like pumping up, it's just like the horns. And and I used to, in my improv days, that was definitely a song we would come out to. So it reminds me of, of that, where we just come out and be like, all of the lights, all of the lights. It's <laughs> a good one. I like that one. And also, yeah. I love how that song has like 20 different voices on it. So even though yeah. it has like 10 lyrics, you're like, how does Fergie <laughs> sound when she says this? How does Elton John sound? How does Alicia yeah. Keys sound? It's just a surprise after yeah. surprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a good one. It's a good. So when you're on a show and the, I hate, okay. I hate this personally as a black comedian. I'm sure this is blasphemy. I fucking hate when they're like, what song do you want to walk out to? Because I know for a fact, this DJ is going to play this shit for all of 32 seconds and expect me to like dance. I'm not, you know what I mean? I just, I'd be, I just stand there and I'm like, thank you, DJ. Yeah. <laughs> you. Yes. <Cut> it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. If you had to do a little dancey dance before you tell your little jokey jokes, what song would you want to dancey dance to? Oh gosh. I know. I always like, I, it it is a hard question to answer. I'm like, I don't know, something just like fun. Um, because yeah, sometimes they don't even like play it loud. Nobody hears it and I feel dumb. Um, but a good walkout song is, I think my go-to is like Beyonce or, um, but it's funny because like, if I don't ask for anything, they will play Selena without me saying anything <laughs> it will which one bitty bitty bum bum bitty bitty bum bum um como la flor cargacha like and i'll be like oh well thank you thank you for that i i like that song <laughs> you never like was this racially motivated this right. specific yeah. and pointed <laughs> it's very specific but i'm like i guess they know i'm from texas <laughs> um but yeah, but uh, it definitely my net my next song um, does have to do not so much with like pumping up, but just like uh, I found it in like my I'm 35 now and I found it in like my 30s and it's Lizzo's Juice and it's just I think when Juice came out, I was like late to the game. I know Lizzo had already been killing it for a long time. But that's the song that introduced me to her. And uh, and then I went and like looked up all her shit. And I'm like, oh, my God, I love everything she does. And Juice just is like, I just love that it's like so celebratory of like being a big girl. And I think in my life, it's it's definitely been hard to get there to like celebrate myself and my size and my body. Mm-hmm. And that song, just like every time I listen to it, I'm like, yeah fuck yeah i'm cute and and like it it helps me kind of really like uh yeah just like enjoy myself and celebrate myself and i i think that's been such a hard thing to do especially like growing up and never being able to celebrate always feeling like i have to hide myself or like be ashamed 
or like not post certain pictures because I look a certain way. And then I'm like, I follow Lizzo, everything she does and how she just like, just loves her body and how she looks and is like unapologetically like, this is me. I'm like, yeah. So I'm definitely trying to be more like that and, and love myself and be like, yeah, this is, this is how my arm looks. That's an arm. So what? Like, yes. you know, like. <laughs> With the mind fuck that we go through, especially in the summer where it's like, I'm hot. I don't need to wear this little cardigan bolero shit with this sleeveless dress. Cause you know what? My arm's going to be fat, whether I have it, is it going to be fat and lace or fat and right. lace? You know what I mean? Like, what yeah, I, I do. But I was doing a shoot and they were like, oh, it was so hot. We were shooting outside and they were like, oh, do you want like Spanx? And I was like, I'll die. I'll die if I wear Spanx and we're going to be outside. And then I'm, I'm like layer. I was like, no, what are this? They know, they know I'm big. The Spanx are just gonna like, I don't know. I'm still big with Spanx on, but I'm just can't breathe. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm, I'm just kind of embracing it and trying to like, yeah, just love, love myself, love how I am and not be so like, you should look like this. You're ugly. You know, all the negative shit we're used to saying to ourselves. It's, yeah, I think I love what Lizzo, what Lizzo represents, and also like musically, Juice is a fantastic mm -hmm. song. It's got it's got those like those great bass notes, those chords that come mm -hmm. mirror mirror on the wall. Like it, it just it those... makes you just I'm cute. Damn it! Like it just yeah. makes you feel that fantastic energy. Funny story, your real life bestie Michael Fook was the one who got me into Lizzo. And really? He, oh yeah. Yes. Michael's always liked Lizzo. Yeah. And he like lightweight music snobbed me. I was like, I had just moved to Austin <laughs> and he was like, and they were playing her song, um, phone, which is like off of mm -hmm. like, it was like before her first album came out. So it was like 2016, 2017. And yeah. he's like, you don't know, you don't know Lizzo. Like he had a little, yeah. Like, oh yeah. Like, Michael is a music snob. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to get him on this. Cause I definitely think I might've been that moment of like slight intimidation, be like, oh yeah, I know Lizzo. And then went home yeah. and was like, no one will ever tell me I don't know Lizzo. <laughs> yeah. That's, I think, I think they shamed me also because I remember in Austin, they were like, oh yeah, we're going to a Lizzo concert. And I was like, I don't know who that is. And, and she was like at Stubbs or something. And now I think we went myself to the same show. Yeah, I'm like, I should have gone because now she's probably harder to see. Mm -hmm. um, but but yeah, like ever since I got into Lizzo, I, I did like I used to play the flute when I was in middle school. And I remember I joined band in middle school and my older brother played drums and I was like, I want to play drums too, like him. And he told me he was like, they're not going to put you on drums. They're going to put you on flute because fat girls play flute. And I was like, Why and I was like, no. that's what he told me. And then I came home with the little flute case and he laughed so hard. And I was like, they didn't put me on flute. <laughs> um, but now uh, because of Lizzo, I like picked it up again and I have the flute and I, I like practice little here and there. And, and it's like, yeah, she makes me feel good about playing flute. She makes me feel good about like showing wearing crop tops. I have a two piece bathing suit now. And it's yes. just like, things, things I never thought I would do things. I like growing up, it was always like, no, you can't wear those things. And now I'm trying to embrace that. 
it's so freaking liberating to wear a two-piece because nobody's yeah. body is the same size in the bottom and the top and one pieces are like <laughs> like when yes. I wear one pieces I got big titties it like pulls every like my whole butt cheeks come out and I'm like this is stupid I'm not enjoying yeah. myself <laughs> And for me, I'm the opposite. I have like ass, but no titties. And so one pieces were always like, I, I didn't know they would always be just so big on top for me. So it's so nice to have like, oh, I can match, mix and match and find a swimsuit that fits me. <laughs> Yes, it's 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 a it's a beautiful feeling. I uh, I love Lizzo, so talented. I mean, you just man, you had a list full of some of my favorite artists: TLC, yeah. Lizzo, Tina Turner, Backstreet Boys. I, I think I've got to realize that it's okay to like more than one, and I don't need to be yeah. in this war anymore. It's okay because it's okay. <laughs> I'll never break your heart is a great song because it sounds so much like Boys to Men. I think. Yeah. Like, oh yes. 100 yeah. percent they were taking that blueprint <laughs> <laughs> so just fantastic i do have a question though about the flute specifically because you played it okay i always think when i see lizzo performing and she's rapping dancing singing and fluting that that looks fucking impossible is it like yeah. does it just does, does playing the flute does it is it like is it hard it looks hard like how do you have the control i guess this isn't even a real question i think i'm just observing like, this looks this looks hard but how do you have the control to go back and forth between singing and and fluting have you done this can, can you do this is well, this doable well i i mean i've seen lizzo like on a treadmill and singing where i can't do that um and i think playing the flute it's not hard it is hard to like get the the lip the blowing right i think people struggle with that of like how to blow in a flute because it's like you gotta really get your lips right and shoot it down into the hole i remember in middle school that was the longest thing it took me to learn was like the blowing oh. um but now now that i picked it up again it was like and holding it is like kind of awkward and the notes but once you get all that down and comfortable with it then you can like jam out like i want to get to the point where like lizzo freestyle flutes i want to do that but i i'm not that good yet um but yeah i've seen that bitch dances sings I'm out of breath. And then she like does a flute solo. I'm like, I don't know where she gets the air in her body because I get so out of breath real fast. <laughs> it, it, it speaks so much to our culture's way of equating size with health because people will, will look Lizzo in her face and say she's unhealthy. And I'm like, I dare you. Dance, mm -hmm. sing, flute, rap right now. Right. Do, do yeah. it right. It, let's judge your body on what it can do, not what right. it looks like and see how healthy you are. Shut the hell up. You know what I mean? And people, yes. there's not a healthier person on the planet than Lizzo. Like, it's just. Yeah. And I, I think, and she's vegan and mm -hmm. she fucking exercises and she just loves herself. And I think that's what I'm trying to unlearn is like, like healthy. Does it look a certain way? Like Lizzo is fucking healthy as fuck. She's, she does so many incredible things. And I'm like, that's what I'm just trying to focus on now, my my day to day of like, I just want to feel good. I want to not be tired when I perform. I want to be like more mindful of like, you know, my health, but not in terms of size, because that's yeah. fucked me up my whole life where I'm like trying. I'm like, why won't my body be like this? Because some bodies aren't that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
<laughs> but everyone told us that it has to be, you have to get your body teeny tiny. Yeah. It's dumb. It's dumb. It's crazy. It's dumb and it's a waste of our energy. And I, that's, I always talk about like, you know, if we spend half our energy trying to be smaller, just trying to do more in the world. That's why um, the concept of body neutrality is my thing, not body positivity, because positivity mm. is not something you can always accomplish every day. You're not going to feel good yeah. about your body. But if you realize that what you look like is not the sum of who you are, which I'm struggling yes. with especially because oh. I gained weight in the pandemic and I'm like, oh yeah, my I gained weight when I was trying to not die. Like, right. <laughs> right, right. No, I'm I'm totally about and that's the reality is like every fucking guys, girls, any body type, they struggle with their like some days they don't feel good, some days they don't like their so it's like literally every body type struggles with the like I don't like myself, I feel gross, whatever. So it's like, yeah, I, I'm all about that like neutrality of like, yeah, I'm just not like I don't have to be so hard on myself for not looking a certain way because God is just exhausting. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many other things you can be tired about as an adult. <laughs> right. Especially like, you know, being performers and being on shit that, you know, it's like so that could really fuck with you if you're like, oh, I have to look a certain way. But it's also empowering now. I feel like I, I want to be proud of like the shit I do and put out so people do see me and like um, know that any size can like follow their dreams and do whatever they want. Cause for a long time I was convinced that I had to lose weight to like move to LA or do anything or do mm. comedy because I was like, no, I have to lose weight first. I have to. Lose. And that was a lie. <laughs> you know? mm. Yeah, it is something. And it's, it's so, it's so frustrating, but I can totally see where you get like that, the headspace of like, when I, when I look this way, then these things will happen. And then you've just, you've accomplished so much. And it's like, who, like it it's amazing it's uh it's amazing yeah. and awesome that you just didn't listen to those negative self-talk or outer talk or any of it you know because it can get yeah. it can get so big and and terrifying to be like oh well if i'm like this then i don't know it's, mm -hmm. it's funny we kind of teach people to stand in their own way by thinking that these little yeah. factors because i mean yeah that's that's crazy but i'm so glad that you like, made the move and now you're back but you know you're, you're figuring are you going to come back to la at any point or am i being nosy i'm being nosy <laughs> No, no, no. Yeah, no, I I definitely want to come back to LA. I, I was just there um, last week and I definitely miss it. But right now with everything still like, yes, no, closing open. I'm just gonna chill here with my sugar daddy <laughs> for a bit longer. <laughs> we love to see it. So the last yeah. segment of the show is an advice segment. This is where we have our listeners ask us questions and then we uh, respond. I keep begging you guys. There's a phone number on the, the Facebook and the Instagram where you can leave your voicemails and none of y'all will do it. I don't know why y'all got so damn scared, but no one will do it. But I do have people sending me messages. So this oh, question is a fun one. So the way we answer the question is we just kind of like spout off a little blurb of advice. And then we recommend a song for the situation. And I this is actually, a, so it's, you know, you can just pick a song that you think would fit, that you'd like to dedicate to this person. And um, this question is, I am trying to figure out what songs are sexy. What's a good song to get into the mood with? So what would you say is a good sexy time song? Ooh, okay. I 
I mean, I, back to my R&B days, I remember Keith Sweat. Remember him? Yes. All his songs were about fucking. And I used to listen to those too in middle school. Um, and I, I recently played them for my boyfriend. I was like, oh, I'm going to play all, like I made a sexy playlist and I, it was Keith Sweat on there. Nobody or, um, yeah, nobody's the ones like, who can love you like me? Nobody. Nobody. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um, Usher's got some good sexy, sexy time music. Um, what's the one? I just wanna take it nice and slow. But it's, it's funny about nice and slow is I swear he was like <laughs> 17 and a half when he wrote that. And I'm just <laughs> <laughs> And all these older women were like, I wanna fuck him. <laughs> And I mean, I remember I'm younger than Usher, so I definitely remember being like seven and be like, I feel things. (laughs) What is this feeling? I want someone in a drop top to scoop me up in the street. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely Usher, nice and slow will get you get you going. I agree. And it's, it's, it's great because it helps you pace yourself too. Like mm-hmm. you can't, yeah. you don't want to finish before he's done going nice no. and slow. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> I am going to choose. Um, it's hard. I'm having a hard time making a choice. I was trying to decide while you were talking because I know my artist, but she has so many to choose between. And I think uh-huh. this artist is the sexiest singer of all time. Who do you think I'm going to say? Chade. Woo. Good answer, but not my answer. I love Sade. I don't know why I slightly associate Sade with elevator music. Yes. <laughs> There's nothing. She does have some fucking music, though. Some good. <laughs> you know what? You're right. I think I worked in retail too long, though. So smooth operator just makes me think of like, I convinced that lady to get two lipsticks when she only wanted one. Yeah. Smooth operator. <laughs> For me, it is Janet Jackson. Oh, I think yes. It's because her voice sounds like when you're trying to, as an adult, I'm like, it sounds like when you're trying to not let your neighbors hear you're fucking. Like, it's, you know what I mean? It's like whisper soft. Oh my God, that's the way love goes is so sexy. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Weird. You know what? I, you picked for me. That's going to be my song. That's my pick. That's the way love goes is, yeah. That's a yeah. good one. That's a good I mean, she says go deeper, baby deeper <laughs> in the song. <laughs> I just like the whole like first verse about lighting your Bath and Body Works candles or whatever. Because yeah. like yeah. there was a sale. So, <laughs> oh my God, yes! I got a three wick. Yeah. It's gonna last the whole time. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, um, Vanessa! It has been so fun chatting with you. I absolutely oh adore hearing your list. This, so much fun. This is a blast. Thank you for having me. Thanks for doing the show. So, where can people see Vanessa Gonzalez? Where are you going to be next? What things are are available online for people to check out? Where can they hear and see you these days? Yeah, well, um, all of my socials and uh, are on my website, vanessacomedy.com, and I'll post there about upcoming shows and stuff. Um, I also have an album, My Birthday's Tomorrow, uh, on Spotify and Amazon Music. And um, 
and then I have a podcast with my bestie, Michael Folk, um, called I'm Not Busy. And that's also wherever you find podcasts on Spotify, Apple, Apple iTunes, whatever it's called. <laughs> so check out I'm Not Busy on all the podcasts. Check out My Birthday's Tomorrow is the name of the album. For half a second, yeah. I like I was like, her birthday's tomorrow. Remember that? And like, no, 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 it's the name of the album. <laughs> Oh, people always tell me like, oh my gosh. I'm like, no, it's the album. <laughs> uh, so my birthday tomorrow. And then of course you can stream her special. Um, I think it's the Comedy Central app has your has your half hour and then the HBO Latino. Yeah. So like Yeah, cool. on on HBO Max and then the half hour is on Paramount Plus right now. Awesome. So yeah. you guys heard it here. You know where to see Vanessa. If you are enjoying the show, Rhythm and Bay podcast, please help keep us alive. All you have to do is join us on um, Spotify or Apple Music and subscribe. I am so fragile. I need to know y'all like this. <laughs> Every week I think about quitting and then I remember <laughs> that someone out there is enjoying this. So please, please, please subscribe. Give me positive reviews. I like uh, words of affirmation is my love language. I'm feeling neglected. I need to know y'all like this podcast. Um, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rhythm and bay. That's B-A-E, like the term of endearment. Twitter at bay rhythm and. Yes, I messed up that Twitter and I can't fix it. So it's bay, B-A-E, rhythm and. That's the Twitter. And then Instagram, instagram.com slash rhythm and bay. As always, I'm your host, Jasmine Ellis. Thank you so much for tuning in and keep it smooth.